Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Welcome to Done By Law for another week. You're here with Sarush and Ali. How are you, Ali? I'm well, Sarush. Today we're going to be uh, talking about the Cherry Creek Prison. Uh, in the Victorian election last year, voters sent a clear repudiation of the tough-on-crime narrative that divided communities and marginalised communities of colour throughout Melbourne. The repudiation comes at an important time. In 2017, the imprisonment rate reached 113 prisoners per 100,000 people, a rate not seen in Victoria since 1896. That's an outrageous statistic. It makes your blood boil, doesn't <laughs> it? And, I mean, that is during an ALP government. So every Conservative government in power before that government had an imprisonment rate that was lower than the last government. Hmm... All that I think, and I think all the data shows uh, the impact that prison has on the social determinants of health. If you're taking, you know, a health perspective of our prison system, uh, and it really does increase disadvantage when people have contact with the prison system, with the prison system, and the prospects of further encounters with the cr- criminal justice system are increased. It's against this backdrop that the construction of a new, new new youth prison is imminent. The prison will be built at Cherry Creek, west of Werribee, 11 kilometres from the Werribee train station near Little River. The government site spruiking the prison states that construction commences December 2018 and is set for completion by December 2020 for full operational facility uh, in 2021. On our show today, we've invited Lauren Caulfield. Lauren is a social justice and environmental activist and community organiser whose anti-violence work is focused at the intersections of interpersonal and state-sanctioned gendered violence. She works with the Flemington and Kensington Community Legal Centre's Police Accountability Project and with the Abolitionist and Transformative Justice Centre. That was a tongue twister. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what your relationship is with the advocacy around the prison? Okay, so, I mean, as you mentioned, I'm a community organiser. I work in community-based interventions for violence and harm that don't rely on the prison industrial complex. I also work with young people who are often demonised in the media and targeted by police on the basis of race. These are often the same young people who are funnelled into prisons in Victoria. And so my relationship to, to the prison is that I am against it and against the racism that fuels prison expansion. 
Um, about building our collective capacity to challenge and resist moves towards mass incarceration and the sweeping criminalisation of young people in Victoria. Okay, so can you tell us uh, what is the current state of, given that, that background, what is the current state of youth detention in Victoria? Okay, so we know that the number of people in prison in Victoria has increased every year since 2007. Um, and as you mentioned, we're in the wake of a heavy tough-on-crime push. So today, Victoria has a larger proportion of children and young people on remand compared to just 10 years ago. Uh, on average, in Victoria, 188 young people are in prison on any given night. And when we look at who's in there, we're talking about kids who've already faced disadvantage and discrimination. So a recent Youth Parole Board survey of young people imprisoned on sentence and on remand found that 63% of them had... had uh, been subject to a child protection order and 70% were victims of abuse or trauma or neglect. Wow. And, um, I mean, the statistic I read earlier, it talks about us being essentially at the highest incarceration rate since 1896. Yeah. Uh, what does that say? I mean, it's an unusual kind of thought that we're, 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 we've got a centre-left government and we're imprisoning more people than ever before. That's right, and I think it says that we're sort of now in the phase of, of the cumulative consequences of these kind of waves of racist crime panic and, and tough, tough on crime and law and order agendas, and we're, we're sort of now reaping the consequences of those policies. So, I mean, one of the things that you're saying, I, I noticed that you're mentioning uh, particular marginalised groups. Mm -hmm. Do prisons and youth prisons disproportionately affect some marginalised groups, and why do they? Uh, so, yes, they absolutely do. Prisons punish people for experiencing disadvantage and oppression. We know that they disappear people instead of actually tackling problems. So, in Victoria, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids are imprisoned at 12 times the rate of non-Indigenous kids. And recent Youth Parole Board figures show that more than 40% of young people in prison or on parole in Victoria are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islanders, Marian Pacific Islanders and Sudanese young people. And so what we know is that if it's built, this new prison will further disproportionately target and incarcerate young Aboriginal people and young people of colour and young people who've experienced disadvantage. Um, and when it comes to talking about the why of that, prisons are the end of a pipeline of oppression, disadvantage and punitive targeting. They're not the starting point, they're the end point. And we can talk about why more kids of colour are incarcerated but we need to step back and look at targeted processes of criminalisation and which processes funnel kids into that pipeline. So why do we endlessly hear about an African crime wave when young African Australians make up less than 1% of the crime stats? Wow. What, yeah, why are police in Victoria stopping young African Australian men at more than, two, more than two and a half times the rate of young white men despite the fact that they're underrepresented in those stats? So who, who's being Sorry. approached who, and how are they choosing to approach certain community groups and certain, certain marginalised peoples? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why do the police and schools initiatives target schools of predominantly black and brown kids rather than, say, something like drug use in middle-class, private, predominantly white schools? So I think that we can't answer the question as to why marginalised communities are overrepresented in prisons without also looking at the processes and mechanisms that actually target and put them there. Okay. All right. We're going to cut to a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to speak specifically about Cherry Creek. 
We're going to listen to a song uh, by Dead Prez. It's a little bit of a language warning. If you're sensitive, please tune on off for the next few minutes. Um, and before we do, we're going to have a community announcement as well. Are you 18 years and over? Have you been stopped by a Victorian police officer or protective service officer in the last 10 years? Would you like to contribute to research that aims to inform law reform and litigation strategies to prevent over-policing? Go to policestopsurvey.online for more information and to take part. That's policestopsurvey.online, a 3CR supporter. Most LGBTIQ people experience positive, intimate and family relationships. However, like cisgendered heterosexual people, some LGBTIQ people experience abuse and violence in their relationships. With Respect is a new family violence service for LGBTIQ plus Victorians, providing counselling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop. With Respect is a partnership between queer Space, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call 1-800-542-847. With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. A 3CR supporter. All right, you're listening to 3CR. We're on 855 AM and it's also on the internet at 3cr.org.au. I'm here today with Lauren Caulfield, who works as part of the Police Accountability Project at Flemington Kensington Legal Service. And she's here today talking to us about the Cherry Creek Youth Prison that's in the state of, or is it in a state of construction? Lauren, can you tell us, what do you know about Cherry Creek? Can you tell us a little bit about the context and the story behind it? Yeah, look, I, I absolutely can. So I think in the big picture sense, we've touched on the consequences of sort of tough law and order campaigns on kids and communities. Yep. And what we're seeing now is the cumulative consequences of this raft of political policies that sort of scapegoat and demonise young people, especially young people of colour. Um, and so instead of tackling oppression and disadvantage, what we have now is a state government that's doubling down on imprisonment and investing in a new prison that could actually quadruple the number of kids who are locked up in Victoria. And, um, I mean, that that uh, just gave me goosebumps listening to you say it, quadruple. So that's four times the amount of people inside uh, a prison system. You can imagine all of the deleterious impacts that will then have for all of those, the lives of the people inside of that system. Mm -hmm. Lauren, what do you know about what's the current state of affairs for the construction of the prison? And can you give a bit of context to people about the site, where it's meant to be, and, um, you know, the the kind of uh, activism around it? Yeah, absolutely. So the the site of the new prison, it's um, proposed for an area just outside Little River, uh, down towards Wyndham and Werribee in Victoria. That that site, there was an original site that was proposed for the prison and, and that site was the subject of some community opposition. And in response to that community opposition, uh, the Department of Justice uh, both and the state government both shifted the site of the prison and also established a community advisory group, which includes representatives from the City of Wyndham Council and members of the local community who provided input through the planning and development stages of, of the project. 
the the plans for the prison have been out now online for some time and what we know is that construction of the prison has now actively begun so it means that roading operations into the site are now underway. And can I ask what kind of consultation took place uh, before the construct and and what kind of continuing consultation is taking place? Mm. I mean that's a very good question. So in addition to the community advisory group, a series of community information sessions were held and have been held with the Wyndham and Little River communities. But the point is that this this is consultation with the community around the site where construction has begun. It's not consultation with the communities of the kids at the prison will cage or the families of the kids who will be transferred there from other youth prisons. It's also not consultation on the core issues. So why, when youth crime rates are falling in this state, would we build a new youth supermax prison at all? Mm. And also just so many practicalities. So imagine being a uh, parent with a young person who might say, for example, currently be in Parkville, imagine getting yeah. them all, and, and you imagine being in Dandenong, imagine getting them all the way way past Werribee. Yeah, absolutely. Has the uh, community, the prison plan made account for things like transportation and, and the needs of families and, and prisoners who are there? Look, I think that from what we can see that's publicly available as part of the prison plan, that sort of detail is, is deeply lacking. So in addition to the fundamental issues with the new prison, we know that it will further target First Nations young people and kids of colour. We know that it's miles away from Melbourne and that it's difficult for many families to access, particularly on public transport. And also, relatedly, environmentally speaking, that it's also being constructed on the habitat of the endangered golden sun moth. Right. So there's sort of this raft of different issues that we think are not sufficiently addressed. Uh, one of the things reading the prison plan that deeply unsettled me was uh, how many times there was reference to all the job creation mm. that would come in and around the prison. I guess one of my observations was that a lot of those people going into those jobs would be working class and there would be almost a natural point of solidarity between them and the people that they're meant to be there surveilling and imprisoning. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you mentioned earlier the prison industrial complex, and I guess that's Mm -hmm. a term that maybe some people are familiar with, but um, some people might not. Can you tell us about what that means and can you give us some context about some alternatives to a system of law and order founded on punishment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're also really good questions. I think when we're talking about the prison industrial complex, we're talking about the raft of both institutions and processes that funnel people into situations where they're incarcerated and the harms that they then... Uh, sort of they then impose upon individuals and communities and the host of related institutions that actually kind of profit from that that process of of people's misery. And I think when we're considering alternatives or when we're talking about what, what else we might look to as opposed to incarceration, I think one thing we certainly want to talk about is, is decarceration, which, I mean, in simple terms, it's the opposite of incarceration and relates to actually getting individuals out of prison or reducing the number of people in prison. But decarceration means more than that. It also means healing trauma. It means restoring civil rights and ending the suffering that the prison industrial complex imposes on people and communities. And I think for individuals, organisations and communities, this absolutely means engaging with the reality of the police to prison pipeline and the consequences of the ways that we might centre police and prisons in our responses to harm. And then broadly, more systemically, 
it means actually reimagining our so-called justice system to move away from prisons and towards initiatives that actually centre community care and community control. So I've, I've tried to have some of this discussion with some friends and family who are quite progressive and mm-hmm. for some people there's almost a brain freeze, this idea of decarcerating. Mm. What do you say to people who almost intuitively and, and sometimes sadly would say something like, but, but you need to imprison people, there's, there's a need to kind of keep people locked up for crimes? Mm. I mean, I think... I think it's a perfectly understandable response. Sometimes it's difficult for us to imagine something that's outside of the kind of container of what we're raised in and the conversations that we're currently having. And I think it would be reductionist to assume that there are kind of ready template alternatives because I think part of the work and transformation is the building of those alternatives. But I think it's really important to bring it back down to those principles where we understand that prisons don't, you know, they don't solve problems, they Mm. disappear people. And those, those problems, they still exist but we're hiding people away. In this case, young people, you know, sort of many kilometres outside Melbourne, out of sight. So prisons aren't solving those problems. Um, And if we think or if we talk about them as if they are, then we're wrong. And I think part of it is then also stretching our own imaginations to actually um, envisage this fundamental political shift away from criminalising disadvantage and treating the individual as the problem when the individual is not the problem. Absolutely. Uh, now, I mean, I'm relatively new to Victoria and when I was reading a lot of the commentary in and around this, it referenced a series of riots by inmates at Parkville, Malmesbury and Barwon in 2016 yeah. and 17. Mm. A lot of uh, the mainstream media talked about supporting construction of this new um, facility, this new prison in relation to those riots. Can you give some context and can you tell us in your view if, if there's a relationship or, or not? Mm. Yeah, I've also seen a lot of that sort of commentary as well. And I think that, I think what we need to understand is that the state government's own review of the youth prison system in Victoria has found that it's inherently troubled and it's doing more harm than good for many young people. Mm. So that's their own view. We know that Victoria's youth prison system is absolutely maxed out. We're incarcerating unsentenced young people, so people who are on remand at unprecedented rates. And this means young people are being held in terrible conditions with long periods of remand and no court dates in sight. Now, this has been the subject of legal challenges, such as the Supreme Court rulings that the placement of young people in the Grevillea unit of Barwon Prison, which is an adult prison, was illegal, and also concerns about human rights breaches in relation to their treatment. And the Victorian Ombudsman has also raised this as well, concerns around the well-being of young people held at Grevillea. So I would say in response to that that the logic of then constructing a new youth supermax prison to massively and unnecessarily increase the number of kids incarcerated in Victoria is deeply flawed. And rather than spending millions of dollars on this new prison, the resources that are being dedicated to this next phase of locking up disadvantaged young people, black and brown young people, must actually be directed to be redirected towards building support networks for families and services in the community that actually build justice and equity for young people. And would I imagine then see a reduction in the rate of incarceration naturally? Absolutely, yeah. So listening to you, uh, and I'm hoping that there's many listeners who uh, are feeling their blood boil, What, if if people want to object the construction, what are some of the things they can practically do? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we are, we're looking at a project that now is at the stage of, of kind of construction having been begun. So I think what people can meaningfully do is contact the state government directly 
to tell Premier Andrews that kids belong in communities, not prisons, and that we don't want or need a youth supermax prison in Victoria. I think that also there hasn't been, given its, um, its massive and sweeping impact, there hasn't been a huge amount of coverage about the new prison and what it means for young people in this state. So talking to and mobilising in our own communities is absolutely one thing we can do. And then in terms of linking in with kind of building campaign work, people can absolutely contact the Abolitionist and Transformative Justice Centre. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us online at atjc.org.au or shut youth prisons and actually get involved in supporting and mobilising against the prison. Wow. Thank you so much for your time, Lauren. Uh, that They are some practical steps that people can take to note their objection and, uh, you know, uh, dis- open a discussion between them and their com- and, and us and our community as to how we want to imagine law and justice in our society. Thanks for your time, Lauren, today. Thanks, Zerushi. That was a powerful interview, wasn't it, Ali? Yeah. My blood did boil. I think um, she, Lauren's a really impressive um, interviewee, but she really raised kind of the flawed logic of building a supermax prison for young people when the Victorian government themselves said that's not a great idea. And what's so distressing for me is that in some ways Little River is so out of sight and out of mind for so many people. I really hope people find a pathway to raising objections. Mm. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.